Our speaker tonight is the Poet Laureate of New Hampshire, Alice Fogel. Ms. Fogel earned her BA in Art and Literature from Antioch College and her MA from the University of New Hampshire. She's author of four poetry collections, most recently Interval, Poems Based on Bach's Goldberg Variations, which won the 2014 Nicholas Schaffner Award for Music and Literature. Her work has appeared in numerous publications, including Beloit Poetry Journal, the Boston Globe, the Boston Review, and the Washington Post. She's also contributed to several anthologies, including the Best American Poetry 1993, Robert Huss's Poet's Choice, and Claiming the Spirit Within. Ivan Jiang will perform selections from Bach's Goldberg Variations to accompany Ms. Fogel's reading from Interval. Mr. Jiang began learning piano at the age of five. He has appeared as a soloist and chamber musician in both China and the United States. After receiving his diploma from Shanghai Conservatory of Music High School, Mr. Jiang began pursuing a Bachelor of Music at the Boston Conservatory in 2012. Here in Boston, he's performed as part of the Boston Conservatory Honors Quartet, Hemingway Strings, and in various solo capacities. Please join me, please join me in welcoming Alice Fogel and Ivan Jiang to the Boston Athenaeum. Good evening. Um, I'm gonna, we're gonna do this together um, back and forth where I'll tell you a little bit about how my book Interval, the poems based on Bach's Goldberg Variations came about. Um, I'm not a professional musician. I studied music for years when I was young and I do play the piano, but um, you won't hear me playing it unless you walk by my house with the windows open and I don't know you're there because I'm not that good. So. Um, but Ivan's going to play um, a variation, and then I will read a poem that's based on that variation and talk about you know, how, how the process came about. Um, they're not lyrics to the music. They're not meant to be in that, that connected. Um, so let me talk a little bit about the, um, this project and how it came about. Um, I had written a few books of poems, and they were mostly nature-based, and um, I think I was getting tired of hearing the same voice come out when I would write. So um, I wanted to try something different, and I was really interested in structure, the structures that poems can take on the page. So, um, and I love music, so I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to try to borrow a structure from music rather than a given poetic structure like the sonnet, that sort of thing. Um, so I began to look into different forms of music. I thought I might do traditional musics from around the world, and I quickly learned that it would take me my whole life to know enough about what was really going on in those. But because I had some background in Western music, um, I ended up with Bach. The Goldberg Variations are a full-length piece of music, and that also made sense for me to try to write a collection of poems based on them. Um, there are 30 variations and an aria that's played at the beginning and at the end, which equals 32 pieces altogether. Um, the variations also are very symmetrically created 
in that each one is 32 measures uh, made up of two parts of 16 measures each. Um, there also um, are, there's a pattern to how the variations work throughout the book, a, a whole structure where, um, so Bach was using all the forms of dance music in his time, Western music. So he was playing around with all of those, and he was also playing around with canons. Um, and I, I will ask Ivan to talk a little bit about canons in a minute, and I'll just give you a little bit of basis for what I understand about them. So Baroque music um, is made up of voices, and um, in a canon, the voices overlap. So you might hear a melody happening for a while, and then the melody will come in again. And sometimes the melody is on the same um, notes. Sometimes they are in a different, different notes, creating harmonies. Um, so when I was examining this music and listening to it thousands of times, I have dozens of recordings of it in all different instruments, in fact, um, I began to just hear these voices and think about channeling voices to speak in the poems. So almost all the poems are written in the voice of someone, um, not me. I do everything I can to not write about myself. So this whole project was just, how can I write about other things, not necessarily nature-based and not about me? So, um, but I am playing with, with the um, idea of self and identity because of the voices that are going on in the poems. So most of the poems are a speaker identified in the title, speaking to somebody, maybe about somebody. So there's these layers of identities going on. Um, I won't speak too much longer before we start, but I do want to say um, what really intrigues me is that uh, maybe music is one of the most true places where we find that old cliche about form being content. If form is content, then isn't that most true in music? Music is a mathematical structure that you can map out this is why Beethoven could write music without being able to hear. And yet it affects us on such a spiritual level. It's, we, we are affected by it with physical sensations, but it also, um, we feel so much more than just a mathematical structure. And I think that that's true of poetry, and I think that's true of being a human, that we are this physical structure, but we feel that we're so much more than that, don't we? So. Um, I'm trying to write poems that somehow reflect and embody that kind of um, sense that music gives to us. And in music, as in our lives, it's all rooted in time, which is also fascinating to me. So layering of sound and syntax, layering of voices, um, and, and using each of the variations to just listen, I would listen to it and I would just think, who does that sound like? What kind of person? What kind of mood? What kind of feeling does that convey? And then I would create poems from that. So um, in writing the poems, I used the same structure I wrote. Each of the poems um, is 32 lines divided into halves of 16. Um, and sometimes you'll hear some rhythms or um, 
aspects of the music coming through in the poems, too. Let's start with the aria. We'll have Ivan play it. Go ahead. So the aria sets the themes of the piece um, and um, some of the themes in both the music and in the book are cross crossings of thresholds because of the ways that the music crosses over, sometimes hands overlap and moves up and down. So um, I want to say that um, there's a word in this poem which is content or content, depending on how you express it or pronounce it. And I have to read it one way when I say it, but I want you to be able to hear that it's both. Aria. All phases have beauty. Or in shaping time, was Bach lost to all but the count, not consonants? One in the other, carriage and contained, body and spirit, hitched, indivisible. From the ground up, with fractal scaffolding, he built his ark, this liquid bridge for the daily practice of sameness, sequence, awaking, change, the brief, the sustained, and the enduring whole bears as one all notes, as one word might, all said or sung 
Where does it come from, the material of the beautiful? And how aligned or skewed toward discord, how reasoned with ardor and risk, how little or much design or dumbfound, how can we know? Grave, heavenly, like the illumined face of a god rubbed from stone, these breaths so wholly numbered and numinous. A mere miracle of physics, mathematics wholly writ, most musical web of ordered intervals framed by symmetry, division, multiples, most melancholy joy. Ten parallel horizon zenithed toward always, 32 limiting longitudes, a language, a form, a key. God, Johann, when in thrall, a pianist's hands arch intimate to make the passage, to touch your immortal body, it is as if the finite bound has unwound when your now becomes now anew, now mine as if thresholds allowed recrossing, forever to be content, a soul at home with a life like art, more puzzle than plan, more flight than counterweight, the perfect grid of abiding peers upon which you superimpose the moving force of brilliant ephemera. So that's the only poem in the book that is actually me speaking and I was talking to Bach. Isn't it amazing that we can listen to music and play music that was created hundreds of years ago? It's also like reading, that we get to read and hear voices of people from other times and places and we get to live in that world and experience that. It's like a miracle, isn't it? So... Um, the ten, I just wanted to point this out, the ten parallel horizons, zenith toward always, and the 32 limiting longitudes, the ten parallel horizons are the ten lines of the staff, and the 32 um, longitudes are the measures, the lines dividing up the, the measures in the music. So it may have sounded totally random, but it wasn't. Um, okay, so the next one I'm going to read is variation number one um, in this one. I'm speaking from the voice of God. I don't actually hear the voice of God. Um, just want to make sure you know that. Um, but I felt that it was really important to have this um, opening. The opening in this variation is very powerful. And um, and so it, it just feels to me like it, it needed a voice that was above and beyond. So um, let's see if there's anything I need to say about this one. So as I said, most of the poems speak from the point of view of a specific identity um, who is um, named in the title. Um, this one, because of the way it opens with a bang, it reminded me of the Big Bang or of the, um, the Zimzum, which is the Kabbalah, Kabbalah's mystical take on what was not yet conceived of as the Big Bang. Um, the way that the universe in the poem is expanding and contracting also replicates what's happening in the music. Ready? So this is uh, original. <laughs> 
Variation one, Yahweh. Explode from the cauldron dark, that's what I'd do for them. That in mind, into self and other I divided. In and in I overlapped in density, and where I was gravid I breathed their breaths. With my body like a brine spiraling, I stirred the silence till it echoed apart from me, and where I was deafened, I hummed their frequencies. From a floating ground, I fired rounds of clouds, flaming, and where they burned, I brewed the rutilated light till it refracted in the wells between comets rocketing. In and in through the ancient rooms I fell, and where there were thresholds, I left them canyons, gorgeous and aggrieved. Flung wide, electrified, I striated skies with ellipsis, color, collapse, shot suns past eclipse, blew the air for sound to sound from touch, touched them till they cried in ecstasy. Out and out and through the skin my sweat ran and poured into hollows, and so where I emptied, they filled, and though I encompassed, they merely contained. Into the molten cavity I dropped a stone, I lit the furnace, stretched a hide, I wielded the ragged white-veined ice and birthed spinning galaxies in atoms, vital alluvium, the eternal quest for me. I remembered and made them forget. I raged and sweetened them. Formless then, I dimensioned space, delineated them. I swallowed my own throat to feed them hungers delicious. Where I could not pass, I corridored their heavens. Where I felt nothing, I caused them passion and urge. I watched them, and they are blind to me. I lie awake, and they dream. I cry out to them, and they die. The next one I'm going to do is uh, we are going to do is um, variation number nine, which is a canon. Um, so in every third poem, I mean every third variation in the music is a canon. And what Bach did to further have fun playing with this incredible work is um, the first canon repeats the melody on the same note that it starts on. The second canon repeats the melody but goes up a note one step. And you can, you can nod, nod if I'm right, shake your head if I'm wrong. Um, and so this one is the third canon, and it's on the third um, interval. Um, the book is called Interval. I mean, life is an interval. Every part of life is an interval. If music didn't have intervals, I mean, music is all about durations and inter intervals. How long do you hold it? Where do you go next? That's what music is made up of. So, uh, and that's what life is about, too. So, um, the third interval is where this melody comes in. Could you say a few words about, about what a canon is? So, uh, every third variation is based on, as, as you say, interval. So, the th variation number three is based on a unison, and number six is based on second, and number nine is third, and fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, until the ninth. So uh, in variation number nine, uh, oh, okay, so in a canon, there's a melody 
and its imitation. So for example, uh, the melody of this variation is, is something like this. And its imitation is. And when they are played together, it's some, it sounds something like. So the music goes on and on until the end. So. In the word canon, is a compositional technique that employs a melody and its imitation after a given duration of the, of the melody. And it's a really interesting compositional technique that Bach often uses in his music. Thank you. Thank you. The, I mean, it's, it's sort of um, the understatement of the century to say that Bach was a brilliant genius, but the things that he did just in this piece alone, but of course in, in all of his pieces, there's just amazing things going on, and we don't have to know everything that's going on to love it and enjoy listening to it, but the more you know about it, the more wonderful it, it really is. So um, because Bach was playing with so many different musical styles, I did the same thing in the poems. So some of the poems are narrative, some of them are lyrical, some of them are experimental, that's what they're called these days, when um, they aren't linear really in that way. So you can see, we know you can't really read these words, that's fine, but we, um, we thought it would just be interesting for you to see the shapes on the page. The reason I did everything in couplets, two line stances, is because the music is, each of the 16 bar parts is meant to be played twice, and I didn't think it would really make sense to write the words twice, so I just got the two-ness in by having the couplets. Um, so this poem is about a potter, and um, so the potter is working with the wheel, which is a sort of um, ground, but then there's the ground below that, which is where your foot is pushing the wheel. So there's these different, you know, layers of firmament, um, and the structure is coming up from it. So it's actually almost like a sideways pot being built here. Um, so um, you want to play the whole thing? Okay. Variation 9, Potter. 
Wheel of becoming, wheel of twin firmaments, I work you round, wheel of becoming, wheel of twin seasons, earth cupped firmaments, I work you round in my rough hands, slip water seasons, earth cupped over the island in my rough hands, slip water of clay on the heavenmost over the island, circle warm to the fire, of clay on the heavenmost, of friction turning under my feet, circle warm to the fire, its body upraised with breath of friction turning under my feet. I pull past each shape, its body upraised with breath, my own surface in flux over the bending. I pull past each shape, bones within, the clay changing, my own surface in flux over the bending, like air exhaled by the moment, bones within, the clay changing, and my fingertips lose their swirling, like air exhaled by the moment, lines that imprint me as unique, and my fingertips lose their swirling, fill with the swelling red medium, lines that imprint me as unique, predicting my future, fill with the swelling red medium, absence, predicting my future at the same time, absence, the clay takes my identity, at the same time stealing the infinitesimal designs. The clay takes my identity of my skin for its own smooth side, stealing the infinitesimal designs. Another and another shape it isn't of my skin for its own smooth side, taking its place in, in the spinning nape. Another and another shape it isn't of its risen working, its sliding, taking its place in, in the spinning nape, ride between opposing fissions, of its risen working, its sliding of my fingertips, soon one eye fixed, ride between opposing fissions in time. After all the spun of my fingertips, soon one eye fixed worlds of eyes in time. After all the spun, but world of eyes, not yet, but not yet, not yet, not yet. Then interspersed through the um, voices in the music as well as in the poems are some poems that, or some pieces that are not in an identity. Um, these in the musical um, variations are uh, sort of diversions or digressions from the other styles. Um, and so variation 11 is one of those. So this one is not in the voice of a, um, an identified person. Um, there's a lot of ups and downs and crossovers that feel to me very glittery and reflective in this piece of music, and so that's where my poem came from. Will you play Variation 11? Thank you. 
Meditation 11, Reflection. Out in the center, canoe and you, no cause for interruption, only wingless here while hovering, deep into water's overlaps, the moon's fractures fold and flow, flow and fold and fracture. Look down long enough, out here on the lake, afloat, surrounded by and on the dark lap, lapping the long wet folded fan moon stippled length of twine moon broken linked moon hanging its white chains down as if down into depths only visible horizontally and all that dripped thick liquid ellipsis seems its own true form Pierced by lunar rays, by turns, the ponderous bass diminish and flash, bleeding upward from beneath into the gleam and reach of lit glissando. Opaque, steady, above all, the cool sky scoops all that soaked, unscained light up into one flat coin, one disc like a wrist-flicked stone you once skimmed like this from shore that left no trail of white. Fixed, dry, nearly untouched, still that full moon pulled down here across the waving layers of slick Lake slapping and licking the gunnels skips downward through and through, illuminating waters buried and drowned, ground by ruse. So the 16th variation. Um, begins the second half of the variations. And so it also has a little bit of a bang, not as big as the first one. It's a little, um, it's like an overture, a little mini overture. Um, and so because of that, and it's a little bit theatrical, I thought that the voice for that one could be an actor. So that's the voice of this one. Um, the actor talks about taking on different identities. So of course the actor had to, an actor had to be in this collection of identities. Um, and at one point in the poem, um, he talks about um, the, the eyes that Zeus gave Argus. Argus was the watchman who had a hundred um, eyes and only half of them would sleep at a time so he could always be watching. Um, Zeus got mad at him like he often did with a lot of people and um, turned him into a peacock, um, which is why the peacock has eyes. So, um, but when the actor speaks, he, and he says um, that he has eyes, or he is eyes, many eyes, he's using the word I as in I, the letter I, but it's a play off of the eyes of Argus. So I just wanted to put that out there so you can have it in your ear. Can we hear 16?
Variation 16, actor. So, call me obtuse. It isn't what you think. My angle on method? It's not some avoidance tactic, soft shoe, get me out of me shuffle, ta-ta, I'm off to transcend. No, it's a hallelujah chorus, raising the rafters in the theater of souls that passes as my skull. Wait up, Macduff, attention must be paid. That's why I do it, to let each make a scene center stage, because personality, you know, is death-defying. That's right, it's all an act in the wings, and I am as many eyes as Zeus gave Argus, and honey, I strut them like a peacock in top form. Call me a dodo, I am not extinct when like a bird I fly the coop of earthly bounds, equity transmigration, toasting a born-again roll. I take a fresh soul home with each new script, and honey, I can go home again, and again and again. What you see is not who I am. In my one singular sensational shape, I don and slough a slew of disparate selves. Think it's distraction I'm after? Anything but humble little me? Don't you just wish you could live once in this be-costumed bod and die night after night and die and die and die and still wonders be this attractive? Call me vain. Shameless, I'm saving face lifts by means of masks. An eye for an eye, sleight of hand, out of body experience. Honey, it's all here in my vita. Call me a condiment in solid standing, fluid when handled and poured. Over soul, when called, I come. It's sexy, but not sexual. Lovely, but hardly love. Escapade, yes, but never escape. All entrancing and never having to bow out. So call me any time, anyone. So we're going to do one more. Um, and I just want to say, as I said, I've listened to a lot of recordings, and this is really, you're really amazing. Is he amazing? It's so beautiful. I'm so happy to be doing this with you. Okay, so the last one we're going to do is Variation 29, um, which is also one that's not in a voice. Um, it's called Boats. Um, so this piece has a lot of falling motion. Um, I thought it sounded sort of alternately watery and earthy. Um, I was picturing boats that are turned upside down in, on the shore um, off season, but um, when they're reflected in the water, they look like they're right side up. Um, and so I'm also thinking of the ripples of, of the, the waves and... Um, reflection again with the sky and the water um, and the wavering that um, we sometimes feel between solid and spiritual ground. So um, the shape of the poem is also playing off of that kind of reflectivity. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. 
boats. Boat after boat after boat after boat hulls bottom up beside the hushed lake. Cold, abandoned boats, scaled notes up and down along the staff of shore. Boat after boat after boat pulled up the slope, overturned, overarched under the arc of sky. Crouched like soldiers, faces hidden, whelmed at the ground. Prisoners of other wars, tethered, tree-tied, locked and chained, boat after boat bound to the hard dirt bank and left to splinter dry all winter long. Sundown pastelling the illuminated lake, lake mirroring everything, water's smooth proof of boat after boat, shoreboat, lake boat, Dome, bowl, the shined flip side of the other hand, because down the long inclined far shore, beneath that wooden road of rowboats heavy, scattered side by side, light boat doubles float, like lake's own remembrance of their dead weight once lofted easily, like heroes on its back. More boats, oppositely upside down, cupped, two wrongs making one right side up against the depth of water pressed to the sky. Below, birds flow, past trees and cloud, fish nod. And reflected in the skimming light, borrowed from a dimming sky, boat after boat after borrowed boat, borrowed by water, by land. Oh, boat, boat, spirit boat, I only wish that I might, too, hover on the battlefield of another shore, neither adrift nor drowned. Thank you.